You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, it's uh, Mike with the Fin Fans Podcast. Tonight I've got uh, Lou Ragone. Hello. And Jim Johnson. Hey all Fin Fans. Yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to make you a list of our top 10 defenders, starting with number 10 and working our way down to one. Jim and Lou will each have about a minute, maybe a little bit more, to make their case to their player, and then I'll decide who I think is the better player, but based on their argument, not necessarily what I think of the players that they selected. Let's go ahead and get started. Uh, Jim, who should have at number 10? I've got a defensive lineman, a fellow by the name of Bob Baumhauer. Uh, he was the center of the Dolphins' killer bees, and uh, Bob was in the, with the team for nine years. He did five Pro Bowls, one year as an All-Pro, 14 and a half sacks, all from the nose tackle position. He anchored the middle of that defensive line for those killer bees. One year they led the league, and they only allowed 2,312 yards from scrimmage. So that's my selection for number 10. And Lou, who'd you have? Well, I had Baumhauer on my list a little farther up due to the position he played. But I, at number 10, I had Sam Madison. He played with us for nine seasons at that cornerback position, 97 through 2005. Four-time Pro Bowl player, a two-time All-Pro. He had 29 career interceptions and two touchdowns with us and was a key on those Jimmy Johnson defenses at that one corner. Uh, him and Sertan kind of locked it down. And we had probably the best defense in football at that point. Our offense struggled, but Madison was just a key, key player and really the only cornerback that I have on my list and maybe the best that we've ever had. So I have him at number 10. All right. Uh, I have of, of the two players, uh, and, and with those particular arguments, I kind of have to go with Madison. So uh, he'll be the 10th player on our list. Uh, Jim, who do you have for number nine? I'll, I'll tell you what. Let me reverse that. Lou, who do you have for number nine? At number nine, I have Tim Bowens. Uh, this is a guy that played 11 seasons for us at a position that is extremely tough to play. And he did it so consistently over those 11 seasons. Uh, he was Defensive Rookie of the Year in 94. He was a two-time Pro Bowl player. 22 sacks from, again, that defensive tackle position, nose tackle position. Nine forced fumbles. An underrated guy. Uh, we talk about you know the Hall of Famers, and the only reason he's not farther up on this list is because we do have some Hall of Famers and some just incredible players. But I felt that he belonged on this list because he was just such a consistently good, good player, and the position he played kind of warrants him being on the list. Well, I also had Tim Bowens on my list, but I had him just off the top 10. But you make good points about Tim. He was a great player. But I, I got number nine, a fellow by the name of Jake Scott. And, Lou, you may have him higher up your list, but uh, Jake Scott uh, had 35 interceptions and obviously was involved in our three consecutive Super Bowls, uh, 71, 2, and 3, part of the 17 and 0. 
35 interceptions in a six-year career with the Dolphins. Five of those, pro, he went to the Pro Bowl. 73 and 74, he was all pro. And this is a guy that stepped up and got done whatever needed to be done in that secondary to get that no-name defense championships several times. It's a tough one. i got to be honest. It's a tough one. But uh, i got to lean towards the uh, Super Bowl MVP, don't I? So Jake Scott's going to be the winner. Yeah, I did. I did forget to leave, to leave that detail on there. Yeah, he Super Bowl MVP and um, a Hall of Famer. Yeah, you know, I I did have him much farther up the list. You know, he Bowen. Should, he should be. Yeah. yeah, and that's you know that was my uh, you know argument in regard to um, you know Bowen's being a little bit farther down because he was you know he was a just an incredible player and so important to the Super Bowl teams. I mean, as good as Bowen's was, those teams never got the Super Bowls. So I put a little bit more, you know, uh, oomph into Scott being a little bit farther up the list for those reasons. You right. Know? Right. So. All right. So, Lou, who do you have for number eight? At number eight, I had his partner in that secondary, Dick Anderson. Dick Anderson, if you look at their numbers over the course of, you know, their careers, they were very, very similar. They were both on the Super Bowl championship teams. Dick Anderson was a three-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. He was 1973 Defensive Player of the Year. He had 34 career interceptions. Played with us for 10 seasons at the safety position. And that's another thing that I brought into, you know, factoring in all these players is, you know, how long they actually played for us. Dick Anderson's 10-year career was one of the longer ones among the guys that are on these lists. So he absolutely had to be on my list, and that's why I have him at number eight. Boy, this is going to be a tough one. Uh, I've got Cam Cameron Wake at number eight. Now, Cam Wake is, is still playing uh, he was a 10-year veteran for the Dolphins. He was an undrafted guy. Uh, he's our second leading all-time sack master. He's got 98 sacks for us. He played 14 or more games in a, every season except for his one injured year. And he was hopping on one leg to make the play, you know, after the injury. He's been to five bo Pro Bowls. He's got uh, one first-team All-Pro, 98 sacks, 22 forced fumbles, team captain, impact player, and single-handedly won a game or two. So, you know, that's why I put him up at number eight. This is impossible. This is literally impossible. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why I said it was going to be tough. It yeah, is tough. You guys are killing me here. I gotta go with Anderson uh, because he was part of a Super Bowl champion team. I mean that—that's really my deciding factor here. Uh, so he's gonna be number eight. Jim, who'd you have for number seven? Number seven, I've got another nose tackle, uh, Manny Fernandez. Uh, we keep going back to these '70s players. But these guys got the job done. Manny Fernandez uh, should have been the MVP or at least co-MVP of Super Bowl Seven. He had 17 tackles by himself. Uh, he had three sacks and 28 tackles in his three Super Bowl appearances. 
a guy that's got it done when it needed to be done. He's had 35 career sacks, and that's a pretty big number from the nose tackle position. He played with the Dolphins for eight years exclusively from 68 to 75, and that's who I've got down for number seven. And Lou, who have you got? That, that's a very, very good choice in Manny Fernandez. Um, he actually didn't make my list, barely off the list. Um, I had Bill Stanfill, and the reason I had Stanfill there instead of a guy like uh, Manny Fernandez was because he, he was dominant at his position at a time where uh, we, we absolutely had to have uh, def- defensive players making plays. He played with us for eight years. He, he played in 109 games. He had two touchdowns. As a defensive end, he played in, again, he played in both Super Bowl teams right next to Manny Fernandez. He was uh, All-Pro in 1972. He made the honor roll. He had 69 and a half career sacks. Now, those are unofficial numbers, but, you know, when they go back, obviously they do some studies, and that's what they came up with was 69 and a half career sacks. That's why Stan Phil is on my list, 69 and a half career sacks, and just an incredibly solid player year in and year out through those Super Bowl and playoff teams in the 70s. You guys are killing me here. Yeah, this is uh, a tough I mean, tough I, I could flip a coin on this one, and I could be right. F comes before S, so Fernandez gets the spot. <laughs> there you go. I mean, the arguments were equal, really. They were. No, I mean, there's you, no question. You both question. made solid points, solid points. So, all right, uh, Lou, who'd you have for six? At number six, I had the other defensive end on those Super Bowl teams. I had Vern Denhert. Oh, you're beating me to it. Now, De- oh, did you have him at, at this position as well? <laughs> no, it's okay. Go ahead. Okay, so Denherter, again, tenure, 12 seasons as a defensive end. Went from 71 to 82. Again, another player that was on our two championship teams. Played in all three Super Bowls, had 64 and a half career sacks, just a few behind his partner, Bill Stanfill, on those teams. An incredibly solid player, Shula, one of Shula's favorite players, and for good reason. The guy was just an incredibly consistent football player for a very long time, and he absolutely had to be on this list. So those were my reasons for him. Jim? Well, I got to back up and punt here because uh, Lou is is upstaging me. Uh, I'm going to go with a fellow right here that I had one spot higher, but since the, the players are moving around, I'm going to drop him a spot just to put some pressure on you, Mike. Um, this is a this <laughs> this is a guy everybody's going to remember, Zach Thomas. This is a guy that played with the Dolphins for 12 years. All but one of his years was with the Dolphins. You know, he's played 13 years, but he had five first-team All-Pros, seven Pro Bowls, team leader, team captain, over 1,700 tackles, 74 tackles for a loss, 17 interceptions, 16 forced fumbles. Now you can stop. You've already won. And only missed 12 games in 11 years. So this is a guy that's just... uh you know, he didn't get many accolades. He keeps getting overlooked for the Hall of Fame. And, you know, I had him at number five on my list, but uh, I had to plug him in here. And, you know, I think he, he's a great player for the Dolphins. 
I yeah, and for those reasons and all of those incredible numbers, I had him much farther up on the list. The fact yeah, that that's where I would have had him too. <laughs> you know, he had uh, you know twelve seasons he played with us, which came and went pretty quickly. Because did guys did it seem like he was there for twelve years? Because to me it didn't. It seemed like he came and went, and he was just so consistent. And for all the reasons that you mentioned, Jim, you know, I just felt he needed to be higher up on the list. He may have been one of the maybe the best offensive player we've had consistently and with his tenure of 12 years. So, well, I did I did move him down one spot. I had him at five and we've still got a couple of Hall of Fame guys on the list and some other top players. So, you know, that was my reasoning for that. Yeah, no, we'll see how it shakes out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lou, who you got next? For five. Hey guys, I wanted to break in here real quick just to ask a favor of you. On the app that you're listening on, uh, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit like, leave a, a comment on your thoughts of the show. And uh, if you didn't know, we do, we do run a Facebook group. Uh, it's Miami Dolphins number one. That's hashtag one. We talk uh, Dolphins football 24-7, 365. We'd love to have you join us and share your thoughts. And uh, once again, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, Let's make it a habit. We'll see you next week. At number five, I had a Hall of Famer by the name of Nick Bonacani. Seven seasons with us, 69 through 74. Again, another player that was on both Super Bowl teams. Two-time Pro Bowler, again, a Hall of Famer. Wasn't a big sack guy, but he he was just the middleman in that no-name defense. He was the coordinator uh, and just consistently played great football over and over again. He's in our honor roll, and uh, he was our MVP in three separate seasons, 69, 70, and 73. And again, the Hall of Fame next to his name says it all. It's got to be on the list, and that's, that's who I had at number five. All right, Jim, who have you got at number five? Well, I'm going to resubmit Mr. Cam Wake. Uh, I feel he believes needs to be on this top 10 list. Uh, as I touched on before, uh, he's our second highest sack leader, 98 sacks. I mean, we all remember the, the safety that won the game against Cincinnati. Uh, 22 forced fumbles, team captain, impact player. Uh, just just a team leader all the way around. And I know Bonacani's in the Hall of Fame, uh, but I believe he should be higher up. So I would like to see Cam Wake right here. Well, you might like to see it, but if, if I base my choice on the arguments presented, I mean, team MVP three times, uh, I think kind of takes it. Plus, yeah, the Hall of Fame, and I, I can't not go with Bonacani. I agree. I had him at number two. <laughs> Jim, who have you got at number four? Okay, we're going to go back with a guy that Lou put up here. Bill Stanfill. He played eight years with the Dolphins, five Pro Bowls, one All-Pro, 67 to 69 sacks, depending on uh, whose records you use. Uh, this guy did everything. Uh, defensive end played next to Fernandez and was on the line with Den Herder. Championship 17-0, and all of the above. Uh, he had an eight and three playoff record, three consecutive Super Bowls, five sacks in one game, team sack leader for many years. So that's who I'm going to put up for number three, uh, four, Bill Stanfill. Well, 
You know, I love Bill Stanfield because I had him on my list. Uh, let's go with Brian Cox here, okay? Guy played only five seasons with us. That's the only issue I had with him. Other than that, the guy was our spiritual leader. The guy took on other teams, had 31 and a half sacks over those five seasons. 31 and a half sacks, made the Pro Bowl three times, and was an All-Pro three times over that five-year career. The guy was absolutely dominant at a time where we just didn't have a good amount of players around them at that point. Uh, he carried us. He went up to Buffalo. He seemed to take on the team by himself at times, and uh, you just got to love him for the spirit that he had in him alone, let alone the, the absolute ability that he had as a, as a linebacker and a pass rusher. This is not an easy one. I got to tell you, I, I honestly believe that uh, Cox was everything you said and more, and uh... – Stanfield was absolutely vital to that defense that he played on. And when I listen to the arguments, um, I almost have to side with Jim's argument. So I, I'm going to give Stanfield the spot. All right, Lou, who you got third? All right, third. Okay, so Baumhauer I had up on my list here at number three because of, again, the position that he played. He played 10 seasons for us from 77 through 86, five-time Pro Bowl player, two-time All-Pro He's in our honor roll, had 39 and a half sacks from the nose tackle position, four 16 fumbles, was the 83 NFL Defensive Player of the Year. The guy was consistently controlling the line of scrimmage. He created the killer bees around him to make plays as he tied up two guys on pretty much every single play on the offensive line. He allowed the linebackers to roam, to make plays. It just made our defense. He was the key to our defense at that point. I always felt that way. I still do. And I feel that because of the position that he played and what it takes to play that position, that he had to be way high up on this list. And that's why I had him at number three. There you go, Jim. Yeah, I got a guy, a cornerback. This top of this list is all whacked at this point, so all my guys are off of it. But I'm going to go with uh, Patrick Sertain. Uh, he's a guy that was a seven-year Dolphin. Uh, he made a lot of interceptions, three Pro Bowls, one All-Pro, 29 interceptions. Uh, the guy was all over that, that whatever the other team's top cornerback, you know, receiver was. Uh, he was an impact player, and it was a really huge contributor on the back end for the Dolphins. And... That's why I got him at number three. I got to go with the killer B. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> All right, so Baumhauer gets the third spot. Uh, second, who you got, Jim? Okay, guys, at, at number two, this is kind of a not exactly how I planned it out because of the way these pl players have filled in the top ten, but I've already put up Cam Wake twice at this point. This is a guy that's been the really the biggest name on the current Miami Dolphins for 10 years. He's been a team captain, a team leader. I've been over all of his highlights, the 98 sacks, the forced fumbles, the safety to win the Bengals game. Uh, this guy has been a leader in the locker room, a leader on the field. He's been a consummate professional and representative of the Dolphins Nation. So I'd, I'd want to see Cameron wake up here at number two. Who you got, Lou? Well, I'm going to go back to Den Herder. And, 
you know, I love all the facts there, Jim, in regard to Cam Wake, but Den Herder has two things, two Super Bowl rings that Cameron Wake doesn't. And, you know, it's as simple as that to me. Uh, Den Herder played for a long period of time, very, very consistently. And as great as Cam Wake was in regard to getting to the quarterback, I think that Den Herder not only got to the quarterback, but he played the run incredibly well. And I just feel that he edges out Cam Wake for those reasons at the defensive end position. Uh, you guys really are killing me. I mean, I hate, I absolutely hate not having Wake on this list, but I have to go with Den Herter. Okay, now, uh, a lot of these have been really tough, really tough, but I don't think number one is going to be very difficult. Jim, who have you got? Were we supposed to go to all the way to number one? <laughs> you know, neither Lou or I have mentioned this fella. I think everybody kind of anticipates who it is, and all of his accolades are pretty well known in Dolphins land. Uh, Jason Taylor, 15-year career, 13 with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, first ballot eligibility, he was, he was selected. He's got 131 sacks, 47 forced fumbles, six returned for touchdowns, eight interceptions, three, three of those for touchdowns, 775 tackles, 151 of those for a loss. You know, all-time sack leader, he had 18 and a half sacks in 2002, seven-time defensive player of the week. Uh, 2006 Defensive Player of the Year, AFC Defensive Player of the Year in 2002, 29 fumble recoveries, six Pro Bowls, and four All-Pros. So I don't know what else he can do to get higher on the list. He could have not gone to the Jets. Ah, boy, you had to mention that. Well, somebody always does. Yeah, I know. Uh, who you got, Lou? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, what more needs to be said other than what Jim spoke of? Uh, the guy was just, he was number one. I think he would be number one on every Miami Dolphins fans list. All right. Now, here, here's our list, guys. Listen, listen as I read it. Number one is JT. Number two is Vernon Herter. Number three is Bob Baumauer. Number four is Bill Stanfield. Number five is Nick Bonacani. Number six is Zach Thomas. Seven. Manny Fernandez, eight, Dick Anderson, nine, Jake Scott, and 10, Sam Madison. If you could make one change, what change would you make? Well, my, my one change, Mike, would be Zach Thomas being moved up on this list and maybe Den Herder being moved back. You know, Zach, you know, for the, Jim said it perfectly. The guy just, he doesn't get looked at as a Hall of Fame player, but in my opinion, he's going to get there at some point. For 12 seasons, which is probably the longest tenure of any of the guys that we have on our top 10 list, seven-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro player, he had 17 career interceptions from that linebacker position, and he also got to the quarterback. How many times do you remember this guy hitting the running backs for losses in the backfield, just filling the gaps. I mean, to me, he belongs right behind Jason Taylor on this list. And I know there's Hall of Famers and there's just incredibly good players on this list. But 
if you look at Zach's numbers, they're better than all of these guys. And he played that middle linebacker yeah, that, position that defense, very undersized. That defense was built with him as a focal point. And uh, Tim Bowens had a lot to do with that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's hard to argue that. It really is. Um, you said you said make one change. And I got I said if you could if make I one could change, make, what change would you make? I would switch Zach and Den Herder. I had Zach originally at number five. But I'm going to throw another little caveat that I think Wake belongs on this top 10, you know, maybe number eight or something. But uh, you said one change, but uh, I think Cameron Wake belongs on this list. Well, I thought so, too. I thought he'd be in here no brainer, but it didn't work out that way. Well, the debate in regard to him is the fact that how many playoff games, let alone Super Bowls, did we get to with Cam Wake? Now, I know it has a lot to do with the rest of the football team, but a lot of the guys that we talked about played in Super Bowls and they were keys to getting us to those Super Bowls. So in my opinion, you know, as as great as Wake was, you know, he's maybe just outside of these. You know, we're talking about the 10 best players that ever played for our franchise. And I think he maybe belongs just outside of those top 10 because the guy, the list is great. I mean, you know, it's really hard to, to, you know, to go back and forth with this, but I think the guys that are on this list warrant being on here. I would agree. Uh, uh, Maybe you put wake in for Madison. Maybe you don't. I mean, you know, that's, that's really where I see him fitting in somewhere at the back end of the list. My, my thoughts exactly. And I, I stressed a lot with this, this whole list because I wanted to have some of the more recent players up on there, but when you, Ooh. well, th- this is what I'm saying. You know, the Patrick Sertain and the Sam Madisons and, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the Brock Marions and all. But the, the trouble is you look at those no-name defense guys from the 70s. These guys were all legitimate top-flight guys. You know, most of them weren't exceptional top-of-the-line guys, but they just they played so well together and there was, you know, they didn't make mistakes and these guys won championships and, and just about went to four Super Bowls in a, in a row and were very dominant. And when you look at those players individually, they had great careers and they need to be on this list. Yeah. I mean, I look at it this way. It's 50 years later and Scott and Anderson Anderson are still the best safety tandem we've ever had. Yep. And we've had some good ones. Yep. You know, we had the Blackwood brothers in here. We had Brock Marion and Lewis Oliver. We had some good ones. Yep. But uh, I, I think they're the best tandem ever to play together in our history. Well, Scott. Right. Scott had thirty-five interceptions in a in a six-year career. Yep. That's yep. that's crazy. Right. So, and okay. it, and then the in, in the two Super Bowls in regard to Jake Scott, the one Super Bowl he had two interceptions and was the MVP. Right. And then the following year against Minnesota, he had two big fumble recoveries. So yeah. uh, he he was a great player. And you, you know the other thing in regard to Madison and and um, Mr. Wake, you know I looked at positions and I kind of wanted to get a mixture of positions. Now Wake uh, in regard to defensive end. I had him as maybe our third or fourth best defensive end ever, whereas Madison, you know, you can go back and forth with Sertain. Madison played two more years uh, with us, so I kind of swayed a little bit towards him, but their numbers were 
extremely close. Madison's were a little bit better. He went to one more Pro Bowl while he was with us. So I kind of edged him out over Sertan. But I I wanted to get at least one cornerback on the top 10 list. And that's kind of why I swayed more towards him over Wake, you know, down at that number 10 position. Uh But he he deserves it. There's no question about it. I mean, you, well, you can I'm make sure an argument either way. There's others not on here that deserve it too. But you only get ten, so <laughs> exactly. You know, that's the way it goes. Mm-hmm. All right. I want to thank everybody for listening to us tonight, guys. This was a little tougher than I thought it might be. Thank you guys for doing it, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Who's gonna give me a Who's gonna give me a fins up? I'll Jim? give you a big fins up. Fins up, doll fans. Fins up, everybody. See you next week.